Finding a service solution that helps you keep customers happy can feel impossible. Just like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at a networking event. HubSpot's all-new Service Hub can help, with the service solution part at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform, with an AI-powered help desk and chatbot to handle your frontline tickets, so you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Hey, good morning, everyone. It's Wednesday, February 7th. I'm Mark Dent, here with Ben Berkeley, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're going to discuss sports betting. It is inescapable. Eight of the top 10 sports apps in the Apple Store are centered around gambling. And one of them is now under fire for making it easy for underage users to make wagers. Meanwhile, the biggest event in all of American sports, the Super Bowl, is going to be played less than a mile away from the center of the gambling world, the Las Vegas Strip. So we're going to talk about the rising hold of the gambling business on sports and how it got mainstream so dang quickly. But first, let's just give you the hits and the headlines today across business and tech. All right, starting off with Meta. Zuckerberg's company is rolling out labels on Facebook, Instagram, and threads that will identify images that are generated using third-party AI tools. Users who don't disclose that they're using those third-party AI tools will be penalized. Um, Speaking of social media, anybody remember Blue Sky? Did you maybe get an invite onto its wait list or get one of those links? I think I did, but already forgot about it. But anyway, Blue Sky is opening its platform to everyone. It currently has 3 million users, but still hopes to compete with Twitter slash X. Yeah, is it too late at this point? Like, it feels like we've been waiting for the last year for the heir apparent to come in and take over Twitter's spot as it starts to, you know, as this theoretical decline is there. It still hasn't happened. I suppose Blue Sky is making a big swing here trying to make it happen, but... It just feels like the moment passed. Yeah, I would tend to agree. It's it's been about a year since Blue Sky came out. And I do remember thinking like, okay, yeah, this might be kind of fun. Like it supposedly has this clean modern platform that, you know, basically looks the same as Twitter. But like I was mentioning, I did get like a code or, or whatever somehow to get on their wait list. I don't even quite remember how. And I did create an account, but I've not looked at it since then. And I get the slow launches. I mean, that's how Facebook just started at Harvard and then it just branched off into a few of the other elite universities. So you can have these kind of slow buildups. But I mean, when you think about Twitter just kind of alienating so many of its users, you you wonder why you wouldn't want to just pounce quickly and get as many people as you can. Yeah, I mean, I guess they are betting on the fact that the implosion is going to continue over at X, now it is, and probably not a bad bet in that regard, but it still doesn't feel like it's clear who's going to be there to pick up the pieces. Mastodon and Threads have all had their moment. And Blue Skies obviously had its moment. And none of them have materialized as the place to go next. And we'll see. Nobody can beat X yet. That's for sure. All right, let's move on to some Boeing news. The daily drama over the safety of its 737 MAX jets is now not just the only mess on the company's horizon. Boeing's contract with its Mechanics and Aerospace Worker Union expires in September. Union leaders have announced that they're going to demand a 40% pay raise. 
in the tech world, users of Apple's $3,500 Vision Pro are a little bit upset. They're reporting that you have to go to the Apple Store to reset your password if you forget it. Doesn't exactly sound like how I'd want to uh, spend a day after I bought something for $3,500 and forgot my password. Yeah, I would be a regular at the Apple Store. They would know the second I come and be like, oh, this guy and his forgotten passwords again. Good job, guy. But I guess you can also mail them in to Apple. So I suppose if you want to avoid the trip. But either way, you're relinquishing this device that you just spent a whole lot of money on to get it reset just because you can't have your passcode. That's probably something they're going to need to fix at some point here. Yeah, and in general, it just seems like this might be another barrier to the sort of like AR, VR adoption. If the Vision Quest Pro is, it's already expensive, there's already, you know, a little bit of doubt about how much just sort of mainstream adoption there will be of these technologies. And now it's just like, ugh, I'm going to have to go to the Apple store <laughs> way too often. Yeah, this is also unfortunate just on the level that we want Vision Pro owners to not be on the roads because they're going to end up doing that thing that we've seen in the news with people wearing them while driving. Right. I, I would just love it if everyone who bought one is just permanently at home in their little spatial world. Right. All right, moving on to some final news before we get to our main story. The South Korean construction company, Young Group, said it will pay employees $75,000 if they have a baby. That's an incentive to boost the country's declining birth rate. Young Group is also going to retroactively pay $5.25 million to employees who've had babies since 2021. Okay, let's get on to the main story, which today is about sports betting. It's been five years since the U.S. Supreme Court shot down a federal law that had effectively banned sports betting in most states. It didn't take long, of course, for sports books to pop up near stadiums everywhere and for sports betting apps to become ubiquitous. Ben, can you tell me a little bit more about where things stand right now? Yeah, well, let's start with a wild figure just to quickly give you a sense of scale on mm. this betting industry. Okay. Americans wagered over $106 billion on sports just between January and November of last year. That is a huge, just like jaw-dropping figure on its own, but it's especially so when you consider where we were just a couple years ago. Right. Obviously, at that point, sports betting was a thing. It has been a thing for a long time, maybe under the table a little bit more, concentrated on cities like Vegas. Or Philadelphia, you know, oh. <laughs> a lot of bookies. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of bookies there. That too. But there were limited spaces where it wasn't outlawed. And then after the Supreme Court decision came through and also probably after COVID messed with revenues across you know the wider sports industry, the floodgates really opened and the dominoes have just kept falling. You know, sports leagues, broadcasters like ESPN, all of these brands, which are really highly resistant to embracing gambling, now they've all got a big seat at the table. And this week in particular is really notable because we have the NFL as the leading sports league in the country. They are hosting their biggest event, the Super Bowl, in Vegas, which at past points in its history would have seemed really far-fetched. And the fact that they're doing it, it's kind of this really big moment where any shred of doubt that you could have that sports betting is a mainstream business, it's out the window now. It's here. Oh, yeah. And the NFL, I mean, not that long ago would not allow like a Las Vegas ad, you know, during the Super Bowl. And now the Super Bowl is there. 
you know, last year, I remember looking up some numbers about gambling from that year's Super Bowl. And it was estimated that around 50 million people, 20% of American adults would bet in some fashion on the big game. One of five adults. And just in the Super Bowl alone, I mean, you're talking billions, uh, approximately $16 billion dollars. And the vast majority of that happens just through like these kind of like online apps that have become incredibly popular. Yeah. And I think that we know, for instance, that fantasy football was a thing for a long time and 30 million people play it. They're putting a lot of money into these games. They're watching games with money on the line. Fantasy sports on its own, I think, is an $11 billion business. That kind of looks like child's play now. The amount of money that's going in is just so much more. The fact that you also can't really watch sports anymore without seeing just this deluge of advertising for these large gambling sites. Like the NFL alone has three different exclusive, I don't know how you can do three exclusive betting partners, but they did. Uh, (laughs) Caesars Entertainment, DraftKings, FanDuel. They figured it out. Yeah, they're making so much money. We don't know exactly how much, but you know, we could ballpark it if we wanted. It's hundreds of millions of dollars at minimum. And this is a league that, again, was so diametrically opposed to this so recently. Right. So as you know, most of us know, the legal age is 21 in most states. For instance, if you want to go to Vegas, you know, play the slot machines, do any type of sports gambling, you got to be 21. And it's 18 in a few. But there's also some apps out there where uh, it, it seems that children are able to make wagers. What's going on with this? Yeah, I think this was our main story in our newsletter this morning was about really focusing on an app called Fliff, which is really rising in popularity. And sounds super inviting to children. Right? You know? It almost yeah. sounds like one of those old Nickelodeon things like Gak or Flom. I mean, I, Alice, I heard about it and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm in, let's go. <laughs> Last weekend, there were more than 200,000 bets placed on this platform. And this is a platform that also doesn't verify ages. Hmm. I think they get around a lot of the traditional sports book rules because they call themselves, quote unquote, social sports book, and they exchange virtual currency. So they're getting away with a lot, and they're kind of even directly market as suitable for ages 13 and up. But yikes, <laughs> like we've got a situation where kids are really being, in essence, groomed to become gamblers down the road. And so obviously gambling addiction is a very serious dark side to all of this. And it really makes you think twice whether this app should exist without any guardrails. So what we're talking about in this app to kind of make clear here is that these kids who are using it, you know, kids who are under 18 years old, they're not using real money. They're using virtual currency. And is that how these apps are able to have this user base? Yeah. Let's say you win, you get to make in-app purchases. And so you're not necessarily doing damage in the same way you would on a traditional sports gambling app. But I think you have to keep in mind, I think that you had mentioned there's this really interesting analog here of do we give kids candy cigarettes still? Do we give kids non-alcoholic beers? Typically, no. And there's a reason for that. Right. So are any of these apps facing uh, any sort of brushback from regulators? I mean, obviously, the Washington Post did an investigative report about all this, which we're referencing some of these statistics from. But has there really been a crackdown on them? And can there be a crackdown on them if they're kind of finding this maybe gray area? It kind of feels like it's beginning. 
I mean, this is a really tough space to go at companies, but I do think that you've seen a couple suits that have had success in this gaming app world, whether it's unlicensed betting or violating just individual state laws, but it's really slow to come. It's like, it's really hard to regulate things that operate in so many different states where all the different rules exist. I don't know. It feels kind of like a game of whack-a-mole also. Like I imagine you knock an app like this down, you're going to have a couple more pop right back up. And meanwhile, it's Super Bowl week gambling time. So I can't see this thing getting any smaller uh, anytime soon, I guess. No, we're going to see a lot more. You're going to have a lot more exposure. I mean, we're talking hundreds of millions being spent on just TV ads alone by these leading sports books. So it's just going to be continuously more in our face. They're now in league with every individual sports league. So it's just going to become much more normalized. And the task of protecting children is frankly going to get harder in all of this. And Flips just kind of feels like the leading edge of that. All right. Well, we're going to leave it at that. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to The Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. So if you're not subscribed, please go get signed up at thehustle.co slash email. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, everybody, I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work, and it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team Alan, Leanne, Elliot, as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts.